Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Riverdinks. Bella, can you give us that famous theme song? Ruh, ruh, ruh. Riverdinks. Riverdinks, Riverdinks, yeah. That's nice. That was like nice. a football <laughs> themed, maybe. Exactly. Chance <laughs> sound like. <laughs> um, as always, we are your hosts. I'm Jay. I'm Allie. And I'm Bella. One of these gay one of the one of these gays. One of these days it's gonna be like seamless. Yeah, I was just gonna be like boom, boom, boom. All right. Um and this episode was interesting to say the least. Um, I gotta be I gotta be honest right off the bat. I have like no patience for this episode. Like no I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna be forgiving of it. I'm okay. pretty pissed off. Okay. Like. All right, wait, let me do the synopsis first. And then we will get into it. We can rip it apart. Okay. Um, This episode was season five, episode nine, entitled Chapter 85, Destroyer. It was directed by Rob Sadenglanz and written by Ace Hassan. And it originally aired on March 24th, 2021. Okay. So right off the bat, Jughead is ugly. Right away. Close up on ugly Jughead is what I have written down. Um, Cut to... Alice is having just the most wretched time of her life, which is saying a lot, um, because she thinks her daughter is dead, which is fair. And she is seen having an excess amount of wine. So we got our fourth alcoholism plotline going strong now that Joe Kids is gone, I guess. Um, oh, I couldn't remember writing for a second. Um, cut to the disenchanted bulldogs football team they are bummed they never score any points and they're such bad players um so veronica offers 10 grand to the first person who scores in the season and that solves it um jughead is talking to his agent in new york or like on the phone to in new york and he is now writing about aliens and collective trauma a lot to unpack there um, we are introduced to uh, one of Jughead's English students whose name is Lerman Logan, um, who has written a very concerning story about being kept underground by mole men that Jughead think, and then being saved by mothmen that Jughead thinks is concerning. So he brings it to the principal's attention. Principal's like, leave this alone. Um, Veronica asks Tabitha if the Bulldog football team can have a pancake luncheon at Pops, which she later reveals is free, which I don't, they didn't discuss that. So I don't know where that came from, but breakfast at Pops to kind of build support for the team and get other people to sign up for the team, I guess. Um, Betty gets the news that the blood on the phone booth that Polly was in is a match for Polly's blood. And they say this probably means that she is dead. Um, but she goes ahead and she lies to Alice and tells her she can't, she can't tell her the truth. So she tells her that the blood was not a match. And so she believes that Polly is still alive. Um, Veronica. Oh, also Reggie shows up at the pop's, pancake luncheon thing i missed this and tells them that they want the bulldogs out of the league because they suck so much um and then he goes around the diner and he calls every one of the bulldogs a loser which is pretty good um veronica goes to her father uh, and tells him that 
If the Bulldogs score a single point in the game, then the league will leave the Bulldogs alone and not try to kick them out. Um, but if they don't score a single point on the game, they will dissolve. Uh, Veronica did not consult anybody on this decision or bet. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Veronica, I just wrote Veronica, I hate you so much. That doesn't actually tell me what's happening. Anyways. <laughs> Reggie deflects to the Bulldogs. He tells Hiram, I am not going to tell children to break each other's legs. And Hiram says, okay, then you're out. And so he leaves and he's back on the Bulldogs now. He's back on the other side. Um, Betty and Jughead go to visit old man Dreyfus because he lives right next to where Polly was last, no, her last known location. Um, and old man Dreyfus starts talking about the Mothmen. Betty is not having any of it. She is not pleased. Uh, Jughead was ugly again. Um, <laughs> Betty has a really interesting moment in her bedroom where she's just staring at herself in the mirror and she's just thinking about all of her rage and sorrow and she pulls her gun out of her drawer and she puts it in her pants waistline and she is gonna go solve some things. Um, Kevin experiences a hate crime in the steam room we can talk about that later. Um, and then he reveals to his father that he thinks that he is ashamed for being gay because once his mother made a comment about his body, that's all we have. Um, Betty commits police brutality against some evil truckers who are evil only because they're truckers. We know this. Um, and we find out that Lo uh, Lerman Logan has vanished the student that Jughead was talking to earlier. Um, and he's vanished and was then refound on the Lonely Highway, the same highway where Polly vanished that Old Man Dreyfus lives right next to. And he has no memory of anything that happened. Uh, we learned that he apparently has bouts of sleepwalking, but in which he ends up getting injured by like running into things. Um, the football game happens. It's the Stonewall Stallions versus the Bulldogs. Cheryl performs stupid love. Britta scores a single point winning 10 grand i guess um and so the bulldogs lose the game but they have won the night they are invigorated um and then at the end of the episode betty comes home from the game to find that her ex-boyfriend glenn has come to the home and said i am gonna work on this case and i am gonna solve it and he has told alice that the blood was a match for polly meaning that she is probably dead alice is upset and that's what we have. That's the episode. <laughs> Very well done. Thank, thank you, Jay. Thank you. Thank you, thank you um, for that. Right off the bat, what did we think? Yes or no? Was it good? No. 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 Okay, me it either. Disappointing. <laughs> yeah, this episode, just in general, I feel like it wasn't necessarily like badly written or acted. I just thought that the plot was bad yes. like I thought that a lot of it was yeah. either not well like the storyboard wasn't very well like organized Structed. yeah and then a lot of really harmful stuff was agreed said <laughs> you're right um, about the storyboard though like I was thinking about it and like at like four different points in the episode I was like are we at the beginning are we at the end I could not tell it did not when, feel like a real episode it just felt like an assortment of clips when the episode ended I was like wait what <laughs> like, yeah. I thought that it was only like halfway through because I feel like 
I don't know what the A plot was. Right. Like, I don't know what the main storyline of the, the episode was. Game. Who cares, though? Who That's does care? I don't... No one fucking gives a shit. We only know the name of, like, two of the characters on the football team. We learned one of those names in this episode. And then he leaves the team. Like, it's not like yeah. a... Oh, we're so invested. It's not like this is Archie is on the team and he's been training for this. It's like he... Like, I just, I have no investment. We don't know any of the Stonewall players. We don't know. I don't, I just didn't care. Especially when it's like, there's someone burning down buildings in the town. There's and someone, they know who it is. Yes. There is, Hiram Lodge is ordering Reggie to go break the legs of the children at the school. Basically, like yes. there are women being kidnapped and potentially murdered in Riverdale. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, but we gotta play football. Yeah. This is the most yeah. important thing. I just don't get it. Like, I, I don't just don't care. Think, I just, yeah, I don't care. And I don't think that it's, I feel like it's the kind of thing where it's like, it can be a side plot. Or it can be like, this show is about football. But I don't think that it should be like, like the only time that you can make it like, oh, this is going to be the big plot of the episode is this big football game. I think that that only works if you're, you've been building up like excitement about this football game and the stakes. But the stakes are just like, Nothing. Oh, maybe they can't keep playing football. It's like good. I don't yeah, they enjoy these plots. Twenty thousand dollars into it, which they could have put elsewhere. Veronica paid is offered to pay a student ten thousand dollars just for this. It's for for town morale, but I don't think the town needs morale right now. No, all it has been it dissolved. Didn't even do anything. Like, it didn't even do anything to Hiram, except he was, like, mad. It's, like... I think and I Archie and Veronica... spent so much time on the football game. You're right. Archie and Veronica have completely lost the plot. Like, they are not doing anything that is helpful to anything that is going on. That's so At true. all, which I expect from Veronica. I'm a little more surprised about Archie. It's just, like, he... I feel like if you asked him about some of the things like the women kidnapping and stuff. He would just have no idea what you're talking about. He's like, well, I'm, you know, I almost called it rehearsal. He's at football training, whatever it's called. Practice. He's at practice. <laughs> but it like- It just doesn't, it just didn't feel real. Like yeah. I just, I just didn't care. And I don't think that it's like, oh, I just don't care about football. Like, I don't think that it's, like, if I were a big football fan, I would have loved this episode. Like, I think it just, they didn't, they just didn't do it in yeah. a way that was compelling. And I think it's, like I was saying, like, I feel like if that's going to be the A-plot, you have to make it really interesting. And an A-plot has to be more interesting than your B and C-plots. Yes. But instead it was, like here's how we're spending most of our time talking about this really boring thing that no one cares about or has investment in. And then we're going to give you like little bits about, oh yeah, one of the characters we've known since season one is dead. 
and like and it one of matter. the main characters is hallucinating like seeing yeah. aliens like all this stuff is like much more interesting and i think like maybe polly isn't really dead yeah and that's what but dead. even if she's not really dead and that's why they're not giving screen they should time try and this, trick us though they should yeah. try and first they should try and trick us two that's her sister and i know she, like we did get her moment in her room yeah but you know what i mean like it was yes, lacking. I, do. I think i do i, I think, think it yeah sorry go ahead i just i felt like she was just talking to archie like when they break up like when she and archie like end their friends with benefits thing she says like i don't know what's happened to polly but like i have a feeling like i'm gonna really need a friend like i'm really gonna need you to like be there to support me and i like need you to be there like in a friend capacity or whatever Mm -hmm. And he's like, of course, I'll be there for you. And then he's like, I gotta play some football. Like, <laughs> and it's like, he's an all-American boy. He has to. Are they trying to tease? I didn't, I guess there wasn't really any chemistry and they wouldn't do that. But like, it felt weird that they were putting Bughead back together in I scenes. Think they are. I think they are going to do it. Ugh. Maybe Good it's Bughead. to make her like maybe or to make like Tabitha jealous like maybe they'll have like a love triangle kind of a plot it's just I think that if anything Tabitha is there as a hindrance to Bughead which Uh is tragic and gross but I do think Betty and I mean not Betty Jughead and Tabitha are going to be together for a little bit and then Jughead and Betty are going to get back together and Tabitha's gonna get sidelined or killed or something it's sickening because we had all of them in different relationships at the start of the season and now it's Varchi again and Betty's not dealing with anything well in her life right now and neither is Jughead so if they put them back together it's just it's terrible I'm disappointed will be dangerous yes yes I, I I think the whole football thing, I'm hoping it won't persist into the other episodes as much because I think this episode they were really hammering home the Friday Night Lights homage. But it was weird because usually if a show is trying to like do another show, they will have it like relevant to anything that's going on in the main show. But it wasn't. And it was just like they have the football game they have the dramatic music while someone's scoring they have archie in his little imitation of kyle chandler's coach taylor outfit from friday night lights they have veronica pretend to be tammy taylor who she is not she is not connie Britton, and she never will be um it's just like it really seemed like they were just trying to make it like a, a little joke or homage about that but then there was zero payoff i think i'm trying to think of like what would have made it work and i think honestly if the stakes of the bet between veronica and hiram had been something like if they score then some part of the town will be saved yeah like if there had actually been something but instead it's just like the only stakes still have to do with football and I don't care right. about the football team. And, You're right. You're right. And that 
the holy the only the stakes for the football were only that like you're gonna get threatened again not even that's a really good point the threatened and she was like we'll disband <laughs> and it was a terrible reggie, bet and reggie stopped <laughs> and reggie stopped bothering them anyway he wanted to help so yeah that was really interesting reggie's change of alignment was so sudden where he was just like you need to like go out there and stop like the Riverdale team, like the Bulldogs from winning. And he's just like, they're like, we're going to beat them anyway. We're a much better team. I don't Mm -hmm. need to go break some kid's legs to do that. And he's like, fine, you're like benched Reggie. Like I'm taking over. And he says, fine. Like, so be it. I'm going to be cheering for the Bulldogs. So I wonder though, if he's like, if that was just an incredibly unceremonious, he is no longer on Hiram's side, or if that was just for the football aspect. It's probably just for the football, which makes it so stupid. It does make it very stupid. I don't, I don't understand. It does make it very stupid. uh, They, you're right. They, 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 I think maybe that's why it didn't work was because all aspects of it were centered around the football and didn't have any more reaching repercussions or advantages. Like it, it, it didn't touch anything else that's going on in the show. Yeah. That would have been good if she'd made the bet like, and this will save part of this town. That would have been good. She's so incompetent. She's so incompetent. It's crazy. She is possibly the worst negotiator on the oh, show. Definitely. Cause she definitely. just, she just folds instantly. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and she's teaching economics. I don't get it. Unbelievable. This is, it's such an insult to Barnard. <laughs> I just think about that a lot of just like, I wonder how Barnard feels about someone so incompetent. Like being representative of them. Yeah, that's rough. I really, one of my favorite moments from the episode is when she is talking to Hiram, though. And he says, all I know about the Bulldogs is that they're <laughs> garbage. Which is true. <laughs> it's very funny. That no, was really funny. Hiram, I'm yeah. going to miss you when they kill you. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I really liked Hiram in this episode. This is like, what I I've know- been saying. He's funny. Yeah. I know it's a he problem was- that they're making us like Hiram more than... I think they're not trying to. I think Mark is yeah. just doing a really good job. Yeah, I think it's definitely actor over character. His delivery is great every line. It's so because he just seems so chill. He's just kind of like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take over the town now. Yeah, I'm gonna. Miha, like he just seems so I like the prison. Miha, like he's, I own that prison. He's like Miha, I own that jail. I come and go as I please. Exactly. Exactly. He's so I. Weird. The the I really thought the acting in this episode was quite good. Yeah. Like him just all the time. <laughs> Betty, I thought did a very good job, actually. Yeah. Like there were, were several parts in which she was getting like choked up or she or even when she had her Joker moment, even when she was sitting there looking into her mirror, I thought it was pretty good. I just put together what was weird about her in this episode, and mm-hmm. it's that she had her hair up again. Oh, yeah. I was like, something mm. feels like she's reverted. And that's yeah. what it was. Interesting. And then I also have, um, 
I thought Alice just was phenomenal this episode as well. For yes. sure. Having a, such a horrendous time. But there was the scene at the end when she's saying to Betty, like, you lied to me. You made me believe she was still out there. She was, I, I wrote down, so, there is more acting than in every single word than there is in any other character's monologue. Like yes. she was delivering, she's being hardly, hardly has any lines right now, but she yes. is so impactful with them. She is so good. She's really good. Matronomic, come if on you, the show. Matronomic, if you want to come on the show, please. We have so much we want to talk to you about. God. Yeah, really I good. just want Alice to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Remember when she was dating FP and like and seemed she was, happy? Like, happy. And then that fell apart. And like, like I just feel like. They just can't let her be happy for more than, like, an episode. It's fucked up. Should we discuss the elephant in the room? Which is the hate crime. (laughs) Well, first, before that happened, Cheryl sits Kevin and Fangs down, and she does say the word hashtag Kangs, which I thought was (laughs) very funny. Um, And I also thought that Fangs was doing a good job in that scene as well mm-hmm. in terms of yeah. character and also in terms of acting. I don't know. I just, because he hardly ever talks as well. Like in the post-time jump, he's talked more. But before that, not a word. And I just yeah. thought he was doing a good job. Yeah. I miss Sweet Pea. <laughs> Sweet I miss pea them as, as like bros. Like I miss them spending time together. Feet Pea, come back to me. <laughs> like yeah but um so kevin uh is in the steam room the very location of there is nothing soft about me by hiram the very um that steam room that steam (laughs) we all know well it's the same one um oh no yeah and you can't go without thinking of it mm -hmm. and he's in there and he's talking to a guy they exchange about one sentence Kevin thinks it's on. He like hits on the guy. The guy is like, how could you think I'm like you? And then beats him very severely. Um, and that's what happens. Yeah. It just, <sighs> and then I, later, and then that leads into the conversation with his dad, who also great job acting in this episode. Mr. Keller did a wonderful job. Um, I will say, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like he ramped up his accent about for sure, t- yes, two hundred percent. Like it yes. just seemed much stronger, which he hasn't. He doesn't have many lines, especially anymore. Who, Kevin or Mr. Keller? Mr. Keller. Okay. I mean both, but especially Mr. Keller. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting that his accent really did seem a lot stronger yeah i mean he's on hallmark's um god i'm blanking on the name he's on the hallmark tv show in which he has an accent so maybe he was coming right from set when calls the heart that's what it's called he's on hallmark's when calls the heart so Uh, how could you forget the classic show all of America is watching. When calls the heart. When goes exactly. the heart. When calls the heart. Bella. When calls the Come heart. On. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the other the other show. When okay. goes the heart. Mm, okay. 
But um, I think I, I just gotta be honest. I don't even like. I'm just really mad about I'm the. I'm very crime. angry. Yes. I don't even find it like funny that it's like bad writing or anything. No. Or like what they're doing to Kevin, I guess, because it's just like. I was trying oh. to. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I'm not, and I'm not like it's badly done how he's explaining like the homophobia that he's endured or anything like that. The fact that they're not giving it anything, I guess. And I'm not like saying it's like lacking or anything either. It's just I'm perplexed and like angry. Um, I felt so unnecessary. Absolutely. It didn't seem to move the plot forward at all. I feel like it could have been uh, Fangs calls out Kevin for like, well, maybe you're just ashamed of being gay. Which he and did he starts, at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It could have just been in that conversation. He's like, you know what? Maybe you're right. I'm going to like try and process this or whatever and really think about it. And then he has a conversation where he opens up to his dad about his like relationship with his mom or whatever that could have been how it went there's no need to sh- like which also wouldn't be great but like there's literally no need to show on screen such a brutal violent homophobic no. Case. yeah no Not at and all. i was i was trying to think of like what specifically about this was making me so angry and then also what I was trying to get into the mind of like, okay, what's the function of this? You know, like, what is the, and my main conclusion is there was not one, but like the, the, the fact that they have him have this brutal hate crime, which could have been any other way. Cause it was really bad. It was really bad to watch. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, okay, if that, it, which is not the case, but if that was the only way they could show this plot line of him having this internalized shame about being gay. Like, it wasn't even, the, the thing was, it wasn't even like he was, his, his, the issue he brought up and was talking about was any, wasn't even like related to him being gay, you know? And I understand that like parental induced shame is like a problem. And that could easily be connected that way. But it just felt like such a weird, like they they really did not stick the landing there. He was like, there's something about mom. And I was like, okay, okay. And then he was like, yeah, one time she ex- expressed that she was ashamed of me or something. Which I think, I don't think like that shouldn't have had impact on someone as a child. I'm not like, oh, get over it or anything. But like, in ter- from like a writing perspective, I don't know what the purpose of that was. So I actually, I had a question about when he's explaining about the situation with his mom. He says they went clothes shopping and his mom made some offhand comment about want, like needing to buy him husky clothes. Yes. Does that mean needing to buy like masculine like no it means like i thought it meant larger, like larger plus clothes. size clothes yeah that's what i thought too yeah. but i feel like husky can also mean like i strong. think it's like a type of clothes yeah. like i think it's a designation within clothing sizes okay then yeah that is very weird because i wasn't sure if it was like because they had that plot on um 
the on Glee, I'm just remembering, where Kurt is like, I need to start dressing more like a straight guy. And so That's he what gets I thought like he was gonna lumberjack kind of clothes. That's what I thought that they were implying. I don't think so. And though. they just used, yeah. So it's more just, oh, he felt ashamed about his body. And so then he went into the woods to be alone. A man said that he was to hook up with presumably an adult man. Yeah. Which I feel like, yeah. I mean, I don't wish that they had gone into that because they would not have handled that well. But just like, it is an interesting thing to just not even acknowledge. And the fact that it will not come up again. Like that will not come up again. And I know this. Like, and then... The other issue I was having with it was that from the entire show, like Kevin's introduction scene in the pilot is him sitting in Betty's room and she's shirtless to indicate that he's gay. But his whole character the whole time has meant to be like, he is this out and proud gay man and he has no issues with that. And I I don't think that that necessarily is like, something that has to be retained so much that like the idea that gay people are either ashamed or not of their gayness you know like it's more complicated than that and I think it's entirely possible for there to and and happens for there to be like people who are for the most part very not ashamed of their gayness but also have been made to feel that way over time just because of society you know like but the fact that within the show They're like, we will take the character who is meant to be like the gay guy, the unashamed gay guy, and we will make it so that actually the whole time he has been ashamed. It's like, what? I don't have an issue with that. I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. Because I think it's impacting his, I think it's impacting his relationships, I guess. Mm, Like that's the whole point of it, I guess. Like it's... He, he said at the beginning of this episode that he thinks he doesn't deserve happiness. That's big. That's something. I agree. Like, I it, think... And what I'm, I'm not saying that, like, it is unrealistic that a person in real life would, sit, would feel that way and would say that and that it would manifest in different ways in their life. What I mean is, from the perspective of it is a TV show with a finite amount of made-up characters... Like, I don't know why they would pick him for this, you know? I don't know I don't why know. they're doing this at all. That's yeah. a good point as well. Like, <laughs> it's not even like, oh, they, like, we need to break up Kevin and Fangs in order to move some other plot forward. Or like, oh, we have to, whatever. It's just like, let's make Kevin have a really bad time. Yeah, like, I think that Because Kevin, he's gay. Or I think maybe- that Kevin, like... Yeah, I think that no, sorry. I think the Kevin like shame thing like is not. It's not the issue I'm having with it. The issue I'm having with it is that they showed a hate crime and they yes took his kidney and he was in a cult and he was losing his like you know like I don't mind. Yeah, I I just think it's so bad on top of everything else. Yeah, because you're right. I don't mean to be so harsh about about defending it i'm just like i don't think it's the worst thing that they're doing to kevin i agree i agree but also i'm not opposed to disagreement (laughs) um but like but but you're right bella the idea that like this could have been just something that was discussed and that they talked about 
and that maybe as a result of him taking this step in his relationship realizing his problems with like thinking that he doesn't deserve to be happy and stuff the hate crime was not needed i mean i'm thinking about when cheryl and tony first kind of like are opening up to one another they go see love simon cheryl starts crying and then she opens up to Tony about her trauma that has caused her internalized homophobia. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that was very well received. Like mm-hmm. people seem to really like it. They liked the you are spectacular, whatever the line was. Like they really seemed to like it. So I don't know why they were like, you know what would have been even better though is if Cheryl had been the victim of a hate crime. And that's how she had decided, Which, like, how she had realized. to be fair, it. she was many yes. times. Yes. I just <laughs> mean, like, I don't get why they felt it was necessary. And I think that it's the kind of thing where, like, it reminds me of when um, filmmakers will include hate crimes or, like just really awful things to be trying, like trying to be more realistic of like, oh, well, but it would have been like this or it would have, and I'm just like, I think that the harm that it does to people of those identities is much more great and important than the quality gained. Yeah. From, yeah. Yeah. Like from being more realistic. Like, I think that it's, it can be very harmful. And I think that it's definitely, I, I think that it's a very fair thing to talk about, like, um, internalized homophobia. And I think that it's also an, maybe an interesting choice. Like, I, I, I haven't decided how I feel about it. But like, I think maybe, maybe it's good to kind of acknowledge that, like, you can have internalized homophobia, even if your parents have never said anything directly homophobic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I yeah. think that that was good. Like, he says, like, no, like, you have always been so supportive of me. And, like, mom made a comment about my body or whatever. Like, I I, I think that maybe that's an interesting angle to come at it from, of saying, like, there are many different things that can cause this to begin. Um, And especially in like gay children, like it can be especially uh, harmful, Mm -hmm. but so can viewing hate crimes (laughs) against people who have your same identity like that. I think they really missed that. And I think that they seem to do that a lot of like, Oh, we're going to take on, these social issues like we're going to take on the issue of like parental abuse like with the thing with reggie and his dad and then we're just really not like it like they just make it so much worse while also making it like i feel like the portraying something like that badly does so much harm like even more harm than just portraying it to begin with yeah yes I just realized we're going to have to rewatch that episode on the rewatch and I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> Maybe we can skip it. We'll see. Yeah. But like, yeah, you're right. I think just when it comes down to it, just like this was not needed at all remotely and it did harm. 
I think it harms the show. Yeah. Roberto, I'm coming for you. Watch out. Like, yeah, that was not a good plot. No. I am frustrated at, I don't even know. Like, I think that maybe it's, like, Ali, I think you made a good point of, like, it's about how it's impacting his relationships mm-hmm. and, like, how that's, like, starting to really come out now because he's, like, getting in a really serious relationship and, like, it's yeah. about to be fully monogamous. And now he's realizing, like, oh, oh, this is, like, my only coping mechanism for this shame. And, like, I need to... Like, everything's going to fall apart if I get rid of it or whatever. Like, I think that that's a real thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I just wish that it could have not happened. I wish that they could just either let Kevin be happy, let Kevin go to therapy, and maybe realize these things through yes. therapy, realize these things through a conversation, like an open conversation with his partner. There's no need for homophobic violence like to be portrayed I I, to be portrayed and then have a song and dance number like two scenes later it was weird which which was a win for gay rights lest (laughs) we forget yeah that totally makes up for all the others (laughs) no yeah (laughs) that was Okay, so I, I actually would like to talk about that, though. Wait, real quick, can I also say, I was just looking out of curiosity at the writer of the episode, who is Asa San, and then I was like, let me look at the other episodes he's written. And included in the other episodes that he's written, um, The Great Escape classic, in which Archie is kissed by a man and stabbed. Um... The raid at the farm in which Cheryl joins the farm. Um, and they have the real emphasis on, you know, gay people in the farm. Um, Dog Day Afternoon, which is the one at Stonewall in which Moose experiences homophobia. Um, and Climax, which is the first episode of season five, which is the one with the Very rave. And I don't know if that's relevant. But that's an interesting pattern, Ace. What you doing? What Ace, what's up? What's going on? What's up, Ace? <laughs> and wow. I don't and he's written hardly anything. So I'm trying to gotcha. If you're listening, Ace, you've written nothing. Um, no, but I mean like I'm trying to find if this man is gay or not. <laughs> I can't find it. <laughs> What's his name? Ace Hassan. A C E H A S N S or H A S A N. He's only Keep an eye out for Riverdale and another show called Relationship Status. He's produced for it, but he's only oh, written for Riverdale. Oh man! All right. Well, we'll figure that out. I thought it was funny <laughs> that they named the student Lerman Logan after our like, dear friend Logan Lerman. <laughs> I think it was because of um, Perks of Being a Wallflower. And I think it was meant to be, like, he was meant to be a wallflowerish character. But they didn't do anything with it. I don't think it was worth it. 
But you know, why not? It didn't cause harm. Who cares? Name name all the characters funny things. It's funny. <laughs> Damn it, Miss Crouton. Damn it, Miss Crouton. Should have been Mormon Crouton. Uh-uh. Okay, so damn it, Mr. Crouton. <laughs> um, Betty commits some more police brutality. She sure does. She, so yeah, she goes to, like, along the lonely highway, and she goes up to any truck where a man is soliciting sex from a sex worker, mm-hmm. and then she, like, opens the door really angrily, and she, like, orders the woman to get out of the car. It's just like, I'm saving your life. And it's just like, it just implies that like, oh, any, like, and she says like, oh, like you're, she says to one of the men, like you're preying on these women. Mm -hmm. When it's like, I mean. I mean, maybe they are. Maybe they are. But but when she opens the door, it doesn't seem like, oh, these women are, are like desperate to get away. It seems like, oh, these are sex workers conducting business. Mm-hmm. And Betty is just mad about that. And it did seem, I don't know, it felt patronizing to me as well. Well, we know Betty doesn't have strong opinions of sex work <laughs> because of what she said to Polly earlier. But like, it, I don't know, it seems like kind of infantilizing ish or maybe that's maybe just patronizing to me how she was just like yeah like i'm saving your life like these stupid women who don't even know what's gonna happen to them like god come on uncomfortable yeah like everything that betty's doing honestly yes Um, i don't like i don't like a lot of things that anyone's doing no i do not like it still gonna watch it I thought it it was really interesting and I actually did like a scene where Betty goes to Cheryl and basically says like when you found out like when Jason was missing and then you like found out that he Mm -hmm. was like officially dead did that make things feel better like to have an answer or was that like worse like do you wish that you hadn't known and Cheryl basically says like it was soul crushed but it let me like knowing the truth let me be able to grieve yeah and that That was was really real I liked that scene and then that's when she's like does this mean that Polly and then Betty like breaks down and is like yeah like she's probably dead I I liked that scene I thought that it was interesting to follow it up with her immediately being like okay so it'll help my mom in the long run to tell her but I don't want to, so I'm going to lie to her. Yeah, that's weird. I feel like those um, scenes were out of order. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, what on earth do you guys think is going on with Logan, with Lerman with okay. Logan, and, the, so, and yeah. the, his losing time? So yeah, Lerman Logan is a student at the school who has been, apparently since he was a child, he has been a sleepwalker according to his parents and he has injured himself by sleepwalking and like falling off like falling out of a window and walking into trees and stuff like that but they say that at one point he disappeared for a full week and he was found wandering on the lonely highway which is where Polly was taken uh and potentially killed and he had no memory of the past week. And then ever since then, he's been having these delusions, according to his parents' delusions, 
about Mothmen and underground mole people and stuff like that. And so, so, okay, actually, speaking of which, this Jughead comes to learn about this because Logan or Lerman Logan turns in a paper, like a creative writing assignment about mole people kidnapping and like Mothmen and whatever. Um, and Jughead asks him about it because he's like, this seems to have a lot of stuff about children being hurt. Are things okay with you at home? Like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, it's just a story. Like, it's fine. But he seems like really nervous and anxious. And then he like, he's like, I shouldn't have written it. And then he like runs away. So something's definitely weird. Mm -hmm. Then the parents come to the school, like his, his parents come to the school and the principal calls Jughead in. He's like, how could you talk to this student? Like break protocol in that way. Like that's so terrible. And it's like, that's exactly what he should have done. That was, yeah. I mean, principals are just like that sometimes. It's a private school now. So when are they, when are they going to address anything? <laughs> I just, and, and the parents are like, well, why didn't you just come to us? Like if you thought it was a problem at home. And it's like, because he thought it was a problem at home. Yeah. Like you just said it. I, yeah, I don't, it was kind of, infuriating like that there's like these manufactured blockages to I know it's a story in a television show but it's just like <laughs> and they spent like yeah it was like the principle is the issue here like help the kid I don't know I like that Jughead kept calling the principal Waldo yes she could be like, hey, Waldo, how's it going? Yeah. <laughs> like, it just seemed very... To indicate, to indicate that he is an adult. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. I have no idea what's been going on. And I wonder, do you think that... Oh, so, yeah. So, at the end of the episode... Uh, Jughead says like oh like maybe I should like ask Logan more or I keep calling him Logan I should ask Lerman more about stuff and like see what he remembers about that week because maybe it'll maybe it's connected to Polly's case and then Waldo is like oh the Logans have left town they left no forwarding address like they wanted to leave like no trace or whatever I don't know if that means like, do you think that the parents are in on whatever the Mothman stuff is? Or do they genuinely just think, like, our son is having delusions and we need to get him away from this town? I don't know. My assumption was just that they think he is just, like, delusional. But he was experiencing whatever the Mothman thing is. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. if the, these. I don't know if they would, in terms of plot have these random parents that we don't know like they're in on it you know like I don't know if they would do that that's fair yeah I don't understand how they're gonna explain all the Mothman stuff because I feel like in terms of um 
we didn't know how they were going to explain Jughead being dead. True. That's true. And they did it. <laughs> they, but like, they figure it out. Yeah. But I I'm just, not really sorry. interested. No. I, I am interested in the Mothman plot. I'm not interested in Jughead investigating it. That's true. But I am interested in it. Yeah, I want to see what happens, I guess. I'm just like, it is Jughead. Yeah, unfortunately it is Jughead. I don't understand how they're going to... I mean, I feel like it might end up being kind of like the Betty seeing the babies floating plot where it's yeah. just like, oh, she was high on fizzle rocks. God. It goes in the water supply. So maybe someone's been spiking Jughead's alcohol supply with something. <laughs> but, but there's like so many maybe. other people involved. Yeah, how would he, how can you manufacture... Lest we forget the mummy. The mummy? An excellent point. <laughs> Tabitha saw it. That's true. I mean, I feel like it all has to connect in some way. Okay, I think that the Mothman stuff has to either be directly connected to Hiram or be directly connected to the missing women. Like, I think, I think that it has to be a cover for one of those things. I think it's the missing missing woman. Yeah. But somehow... Yeah, the, the mole people, that sounded like the tunnels or whatever, the smooth spaceship. Yes. Um, they maybe like you know, there'll be a big battle at the end. And, like, um, I would love if there was an episode-long battle sequence, first of all, <laughs> like a Marvel movie. Like, just a... That'd be great. That'd be great. Um, but maybe, like, the aliens come... To, maybe, like, Hiram is completely demolished Riverdale. He's in charge of it. He's got, like, a crown on or something. And then the Mothman appear, and he's like, ha-ha, I own Riverdale, idiots nice try come back again later and then the mothman just slays him right there just cuts him in half and he bleeds out and dies just like the end of the first series of warrior cats wow that'd be good pretty good it was an impactful scene i think about it to this day scourge just kills tiger star in cold blood and he loses seven of his lives in a row because the wound is so severe. So I'm thinking probably something like that will happen. I think so too. Yeah. I want, I don't even know what I want for this episode, this season. Cause I don't feel like, Me I'm either. not like this is, I'm not like this is good. They should keep doing this. I'm just like, I kind of want them to change everything. I feel like, I like the alien plot. I, like I, I like some things, obviously, but the football, come on. It's so disconnected. All of the plots are so disconnected, which I know they usually do, but they usually have at least the characters interacting, even if they're not interacting with each other's plots. In this case, it seems like either they're at a key party and they're not talking about anything or they're all completely separate doing their own things. And it's unclear 
which ones we're supposed to really be invested in or which ones are going to continue. And I think, I mean, we gave, gave some crap to season four because we didn't like a lot of it. Yes. But they did a very good job drawing it all in back to the Jughead murder plot, like each episode, you know? And this uh, this season, I really just have no idea where it's going and not in a good way. I wonder if it would have been fun to have a similar thing of season four where they keep having like little jumps forward, like little mm-hmm. teasers of like, oh, in a couple months time. The Mothman take over that. the world or whatever. Like Here's I think that Jughead that, in the morgue. Like it yeah. was great. That was really good. I feel like that helped to kind of keep everyone remembering, like, oh yeah, this is what we're working towards. Like, wow, they're really gonna kill him. Like, oh wow. Although, how much of that do you think was just our joy at the death of Jughead? <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, I just I feel like they have some interesting plots happening that are could be good drama and good like fun silly drama uh but instead they're kind of fumbling yeah like, i feel like they have like one like a new thing happening every episode with um archie i know that he's like doing a lot of things but like the fire like yeah. I think it's le- like the fire. I feel like they're leaving so many things unattended instead of following through. Does that make sense? Like I know he has a lot to do. Yeah, but I'm trying to figure out because I feel like that is something that we like about Riverdale. That's true. That's so true. I'm trying to figure out why it's not working. I think it feels disconnected from the it other feels plots. too disconnected because it's mm-hmm. not like they did not tread the it, line. I mean, because yeah, that's. The, yeah, I've described Riverdale that way in the past. Of like, it sounds like they go around the room and the writers all give like, "What if this crazy thing happened or this crazy thing happened?" And then they go all around the room and they just go, "Yes, let's yeah. put all of it in, all in one episode." And I do like that usually, but I think what bothers me about it is just they're like, "Okay, Archie's gonna be in the war," and like he's like a like dealing with being a veteran. Oh wait, no. Okay, now. He's trying to save the town. He's trying to be like a teacher. Okay, wait, no, now he's a firefighter. Oh, wait, no, now he's a football coach. And it's like all of those are consecutive episodes. Like it just felt so, and like they're, and he's like, oh, he's so like into Betty. Oh no, now he's like really into Veronica and like supposedly has been this whole time. I also don't like that they've just like, they aren't really acknowledging that Veronica is now going through a divorce but it's just like, oh yeah, no, we're yes. still high school sweethearts. Like they're just like acting like there's no, like nothing's changed. I wonder if the reason it's too disconnected is because we don't have any kind of like tether between each of them, which in the original, in the pre season five show was like high school. Hmm. Like they were all, high school students together and that was kind of like a baseline versus now teachers they're all teachers at the yeah that's true but i mean they they hardly do it and then there was this jump 
in which they were like, yeah, all these things happened. We didn't see any of those things. And we don't, seven years is a long time. We don't have a great concept of who they are as people at all. Yeah. So maybe that's, they didn't establish enough, like what's going on now before they started throwing the plots in. I don't know. It bothers me that, yeah, some of the characters haven't really changed like I feel like Veronica is pretty much exactly the same she's mm-hmm. the same and that bothers me because I feel like they could have made her palatable like she could have been bearable what if she was like nice what if she turned around wow. and was cool because she feelings... the only yeah no, just sorry, the only way that she shows love or the only way that she like is supposedly nice is like bribing people basically like oh Archie like I'm gonna pay for your fire truck instead of like oh the actual problem is someone's burning down buildings Mm -hmm. and that someone is my dad and I'm gonna do something about it because I actually want to help these people instead it's like oh I want to manipulate people and get them on my side so that I can use them in the future so I'm gonna like throw money at it I think something about the plot is that I think when I was, we were talking about how disconnected they are, I think it's because it's not even like, like the alien and the missing women are related, but the alien and the missing women don't feel related to the fact that Riverdale is, doesn't exist anymore. And yes. I feel like they have them there just so Betty can play FBI agent, you know, and her sister can die. And like, you know? Yes. Like, if they don't even feel... That's a good point. I think that they're trying, I think that they have chosen three really large plots. They've chosen, Hiram is trying to shut down the town of Riverdale and is kind of succeeding and is like burning down Riverdale. Uh, Someone, there's like a serial killer kidnapping women in Riverdale, including a character that we know quite well um, and like the sibling of the main character. And Jughead is seeing fucking aliens and is having these hallucinations or not hallucinations and oh, there are alien bodies. Like that is a big plot. All of those I think could coexist. I think that they could all work, but you have to focus on just those plots. Yes. You, or at, le- at the very least, balance one, of those, one of those has to be the A plot. And the town dissolving, like the football game doesn't count. Cause like, even though it's like, oh, it's his rivalry with Hiram. It wasn't, that was not stressed enough. It was like, oh, these football teams don't like each other. So we're like gonna be rivals in football. Like no one gives a shit. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was just, um, I think that again I think it's the storyboard like they just aren't focusing enough on like yeah the actual main plots yeah I think that's a good assessment I wonder so I mean and it would have taken them half a season to do so maybe they should have done this faster but in the promo for the next episode we see Hiram saying like and so I had this big idea which I believe would be he's referring to this hidden plot that we don't know about his hidden real reason why he's getting ruining Riverdale, you know? 
So I wonder if that's going to like tie them together and they've just taken too long to do that. I don't know. I hope so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is the mid-season finale. Mm -hmm. So it could be. I just, yeah, I wonder about, honestly, I was thinking about this. I wonder if the plots, like if the storyboard is so badly organized because they had to very suddenly be like, oh, the baby's been born. We can't use Tony anymore. So Don't now blame we it on Tony. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not blaming it on Tony, but I just, these last two episodes can't have Tony in them. And I wonder if Tony was originally going to be a main character in them. I so I wonder if it was like, she was going to be a big part of like this big A plot. But now it's like, okay, we have to just focus on this other thing. I feel like given that you know nine months in advance they should have had time to come up with something yeah, better but i wonder if maybe that is connected i just wonder if it's like if they were working week to week like if it was just kind of like a oh maybe we'll be able to get this episode in oh no okay we need to do plan b just because like i mean again good old ace our the, our writer for this episode Bestie. only writes for riverdale Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's possible that he does not have the best storyboard experience. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so maybe he needs a lot of time to be able to plan it. And we did not the next that. episode is a Roberto episode. Hell yeah. So maybe no, we're, we're in for a treat. We are in for a treat. Do you guys have any other thoughts about the episode in general? I think it's interesting that chad was not mentioned at all yeah they forgot yeah i think it's also interesting that almost every time veronica and archie spoke they had to be shirtless in bed together god because otherwise people will forget because they have no chemistry it was like they were having a conversation during the day. Like he was ha like Archie was having a conversation with his team during the day. And then he's shown reacting to that conversation that night after they've just had sex. Yeah. And they're and he's like talking to her about it. Like that just seemed very clunky of just it's like it's daytime, weird. now it's nighttime, now it's daytime. It's very weird. I also feel like Veronica even though she didn't introduce a new currency in this episode, so it wasn't quite <laughs> as bad as past ones, it does seem like she's still kind of contributing to the downfall of the Riverdale economy. Absolutely. By being like, oh, Tabitha, you're gonna like help out with this like, uh, like pancake breakfast. Like if this will be so great for your business, also it's gonna be free. Mm -hmm. and like you are going to sponsor it like it that just felt very weird especially when she's then like oh and also I have ten thousand dollars to throw to a 14 year old who can catch a ball it's because she it's doesn't have thoughts or cares for other people you know so don't be so harsh don't be so judgmental oh I'm so sorry <laughs> Pretty dumb. Who do you think your MVP for this episode would be? 
I'll go first. Mine's my boy Reggie. He's back on the Bulldogs. <laughs> he changes alignment at the drop of a hat. He says, I will not break children's legs. He still has morals, even though he will go around and call children losers, which I know is not the same thing, but it that is was funny. So funny. <laughs> Loser. 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 That was really Loser. funny. Loser. <laughs> I'm gonna say Alice. Because I think that Mashinomic did such a good job in this episode, but also poor Alice. I <laughs> like know. I just I just want her to be happy. I know that she was pretty shitty in like season one, mm-hmm. but in general, like I think she's been through enough and deserves happiness. And I feel like she almost only gets trauma plot lines. Mm-hmm. Um absolutely. Like, even when she has a positive thing in her life, it is then turned into a trauma, such as, like, Chick and Charles, like, all these things where it's like, oh, I have a son. Oh, no, he was an imposter. Oh, I have a son. Like, my best son. Oh, he's a serial killer who's dating the imposter. Like, I feel like that just felt, yeah, I just feel bad for her but yeah, I, like, I do love Alice how would she deal with that learning about Chick and Charles how she is, is she we doing? haven't even seen her react I'm glad she has a support group that's I'm true she's back in the that. group I wonder if maybe it's going to be like the farm too but we'll see Ooh. Um, I'm really struggling with an, with an MVP this episode uh, maybe the maybe the girl on the sports on the football team that Britta. 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 Yes, I forgot her name. Uh Britta's the MVP because she scored a point <laughs> and hopefully ends the Riverdale, the plot, the football plot in Riverdale. <laughs> so thank so. you, Britta. Also for being a girl boss. Absolutely. Of course. Um, what would you guys give this episode out of 10? Four and a half. Um three pancakes out of ten <laughs> because right. it's was maybe marginally better than last week's episode but barely it just wasn't as bad as last week's episode but i didn't like it so to be harsh but i i really didn't like it and i'm just gonna straight up take points away for the hate crime because i think it was so pointless i'm gonna give it three stupid loves out of 10 nice Mm -hmm. because it just it wasn't good and i didn't like it and i'm not happy loved watching it with my dear friends but besides that (laughs) yeah i was really disappointed by this episode and i think we full disclosure listeners we did have a heads up that there was going to be a homophobic hate crime in this episode we sure did. I think that contributed to us putting off watching it for a couple of days because I think we all kind of sensed that it wasn't going to be great. Um, and I think it really delivered in that sense that it was very upsetting. Um, I'm going to give it, I think, three and a half out of ten losers. <laughs> Man, loser, I'm surprised they rated it loser. higher than both of you. Yeah. And what do you think is coming next? Any shorter long-term predictions? Anything for the season, half-season finale? 
Okay, I think that this is like halfway between a real prediction and a wild prediction. I think that Glenn, the uh, Fox Mulder uh, impersonator or whatever that Betty's partners with. Also a beloved leading man on the Hallmark Channel. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. I watched him um, this Christmas in a movie. <laughs> I feel like he is in some way directly connected to Polly's disappearance. Okay. In the sense of, I think maybe he is either the trash bag killer or he is like partners with the trash bag killer in some way. Yes. And I think that, or whoever's kidnapping the women. Yes. And I think that he I, is trying to get Betty to stop looking around for who's doing it because he knows that she's like a sleuth or whatever and we'll figure it out. She can identify serial killers on site, except for apparently not because she did not clock Charles. <laughs> It's a very good point. Okay. Um, I feel like he is going to, he, that's why he lied, I think, lied and said that the blood was a match when it was in fact not a match. Mm, okay. I like that. I have two predictions. Um, the first one is that Jughead, or not Jughead, Tabitha is straight up going to be a Mothman alien. Like, that's our twist. Good. And second, separate, but maybe not, prediction is that Jughead will have sex with an alien. Wow. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen and no one's going to believe him. And he's like, I promise I had sex with an alien. She goes to a different school. I swear. (laughs) Exactly. Those are my two. Um... My prediction is that we get some indication that Polly's actually alive. Mm-hmm. I don't really think that that will happen, but that's my guess. Um, some hint that Polly's alive, and then a personal alien encounter that Jughead has, like a like a even more close one. Okay, like a, another encounter, close encounter of the fourth kind. Mm-hmm. I think at some point. Um, Jughead is going to see a Mothman and he's going to think like oh I'm hallucinating but then someone else maybe Tabitha is like no I see it too mm. Yeah, I feel like they'll have one of those classic scenes yeah it's classic well I'm excited for that I hope that season, the half season finale is better <laughs> me too it might be <laughs> I'm scared and then I, we can start our season one rewatch. Yay. yay! I am so excited for the rewatch. Me I'm so too. nervous about some of it, but <laughs> I am excited. Also, I feel like I am really hoping that there are no more hate crimes for the rest of the season. I feel like they've got the one out of the way. I feel like that's plenty. Fingers crossed. I hope so. Um, 
And with that, Allie, would you give us that famous sign off? Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Of course. Thanks, everybody. And see you later, Dinks.